0: Uh, hey everyone, welcome back to the Everbros Podcast. We haven't opened like that in a long time. That's it's been that's nice. <laughs> it's been about forty weeks. So now is I was uh listening to some of our earlier episodes because God, uh, we got a comment on a couple of the earlier ones. So we we've, we've been getting people uh, on the in the group or not the group, the website, like commenting on the earlier episodes, and some people are actually telling me that they've been listening to earlier episodes. And so I was like, "Well, let's just like listen to a couple of them just to see what happens and I was like, "Wow, we actually had like an opening like welcome back to the everbros podcast so i was like we 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 moved away from that pretty quickly to people like do people like that? Did they like that they I, no one's do no one's ever said that, and I honestly don't want to do it., <laughs> like, but the only reason why I did that is because uh i there was some information that we left out in the opening of the last episode. And that is that uh, Cody surprised me by coming to... Well, Cody didn't. Lauren surprised me by having you come to Minnesota for my birthday. It is my birthday this weekend. And so if you're watching this video in the future, when we finally decide to post all this, I'm wearing a birthday uh, cone hat that Lauren got me. And uh, as they listen, it will have been your birthday. Yeah, probably. I mean... (laughs) Uh well yeah as you listen it has already been my birthday it was, it's on it's on April 22nd and it, we are recording this on uh, Friday April 21st so uh, hence why uh, Cody made the trip to come come up here uh, but it's also not like you had to request a time off or anything I <laughs> did uh, I had to check with the boss he said it was fine so what was really funny about this is when Cody came up he got me a present and if you. It, have watched the other episodes that we haven't posted yet, but in the future Cody was drinking out of this turquoise coffee mug that I am now holding in my hands for the first time ever and I gave him a lot of shit for ordering a cup off of eBay yep. uh, because you paid $8 for it. I, I don't remember what I paid for it's, it. might be easy, I, I could look it up, but I don't want you to make fun of me. But, okay. but now, we have matching cups. We we have an M- editor matching. <laughs> you do me they of their match. So like, yeah, so so he got me this cup because I made fun of it, and be- I didn't make fun of this cup. This cup is fine. I actually like. I do like this cup. You know, now that I'm holding it, but I would have never bought a cup on eBay because you can get coffee mugs at the dollar store for a dollar. Yep, and. There's nothing special about this turquoise cup. It's there is. What does it say on the bottom? Well, now it says uh, Jake's eBay mug. I wrote that. Yeah, Cody, <laughs> Cody wrote that. <laughs> so, it's with a Sharpie. Yeah. Um, so now I have this cup, this cup that I belittled so much, and it is in my possession. Uh, but I feel like it has more value to it. I feel like I needed to clarify too, because I thought if I just gave it to you, that you think that I dated the exact same one. And so I want people to know too, I still have mine. I bought the exact same one on demand <laughs> twice. And <laughs> was, there was only one seller. So I was happy and I felt lucky to find it. So we own. What if, what if they only add two, and then they were like, and someone bought one of them, and they're just like sat on the other one forever? And no one bought it. And then, like, a year later, they, they give it the same guy we're on Yeah, I will look at that other one. It's needed. I'm yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a, a similar story. Um, uh, the license plates that we have for our cars are the Minnesota, like, Moose Foundation or whatever. So, it, like, it gives money to, like, Minnesota Wildlife Preserve to preserve, like, the, the moose. The, the mooses? The meese? The meese? The mice? The, the meese me- up here in Minnesota. Um <laughs> and uh uh so i i got my license plate or i for my car and then like i went back two months later because we bought a third vehicle and uh to get the license plate for that and i need the same moose and then we named the we named the mooses on each on each car so my my cadillac i have uh it's in a very old cadillac it's not new it's not expensive <laughs> it's like like 11 12 years old it's okay 13 no, 18 no, years old it's, yourself it's so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's uh, uh frank and beans so the front the front moose is frank and the back one is beans and then on the on the lincoln navigator which is also very old uh bought on facebook marketplace uh as like a beater uh car that we could drive through the snow Um uh, th- that's frida and a uh the 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 is we name on those license plates but anyways where i'm getting my adhd is taking over um what's, what was interesting about that is i went back like a month or two later to get these plates it's probably longer than that honestly only like three months and the license plate numbers between the two are one number off like it's literally the next one in succession and that's impressive i was like i renewed my plates Went back two months later when we got the same, like, moose plates. And in that time, no one had purchased uh, the moose plates or or renewed. So, do they just not like the moose? Well, also, you can get pulled over for expired plates in in Minnesota. Uh, So, at least in the Twin City area. So, I feel like there's a couple of reasons. One is nobody is renewing because they don't have to unless they get pulled over for another reason. And two... Um, yeah, I guess people don't like misses. strange. So I know people really like the Iowa as the, the just black, the completely black. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> Let's go into this. Okay. Do you know why this has been popularized in Iowa? No. So I don't know anything about it. Okay. So like a few years ago, when I say a few, I mean like 10, uh, they had a, like a license plate design competition where they had someone design like three different plates and then they public voted on them. And now you guys have those god awful, ugly, like neon green grass license plates, like the newer ones. I can't even remember what. I- so everybody hated those, and they like bullied the artists because apparently, like the license plate that uh, that everybody wanted to win didn't win. Oh, and w- which I guess I don't know. But now like the black license plates are like in, which the, the black ones. They, I don't know if they support some kind of cause or something. But I don't think so. I think that they're just black plates. But you could get black plates with white lettering, which are cool by themselves. And it's been it's been like it started out as kind of a protest to the new plates, which I tell Lauren about this, and she's like, "This is the most Iowa shit to argue about." <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, no. I, so I just wanted to preface this episode with we're we're still in the same room. We we're just and this when the last episode recorded is is it was like an hour ago. But we've got some things coming up. we got to put yeah. some in the QE to make sure that we're covered for the future. That way you guys go, you know, y'all got something. Yeah. yeah I but I want to, so to preface that it is my birthday weekend, which is why I'm wearing this hat. And I have to say that. That's why Cody is here. He's, he didn't show up on a random Friday and was like, hey, let's do this in person because the audio quality is worse. Uh, than that. But uh, I had a different cold open. And... Uh, speaking of our earlier episodes, there was a cold open where we talked about or not a cold open. You were talking about BuzzFeed. Oh, yeah, and I was like, I was like, are they still a thing? Okay, okay, yeah. I know where you're going with this. I think Buzz. So in in Stack Marketer, there was a an article about how BuzzFeed News is closing down, and they can't stay profitable. And I was like, I see. I knew so they were a thing logistically, but like relevancy wise, they weren't a thing. BuzzFeed itself, like the like the instant articles or whatever, like the, the listicle stuff, that's still a thing, yeah, sure. But like BuzzFeed News, nah. They're they're done zone now. So now I could have indicated So what was BuzzFeed News? Like what was the difference? I don't even know what the differentiating factor it, you asked me, they are like uh, they were a left leaning news outlet. Uh okay. So like BuzzFeed News definitely leaned left politically and you even when you find like those like news like baseball diamond or those not baseball diamond, news like quadrant things. They had BuzzFeed kind of on like further left. Um and uh they posted like a lot of stuff like Vice News does. uh, uh stuff like that. So and it, it was very much geared towards like the millennial and Gen Zer. Uh so, so it it was news kinda? Yeah. I do like Vice. I get with they do some documentaries and stuff like that. To be honest, I don't really like Vice's style. It's just not my kind of thing. But they they do news that's not like breaking news, I guess you could describe it, where they are reporting on things, but it's not all super time sensitive. Buzzfeed news was like if somebody just watched Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert and then wrote articles based off <laughs> uh for based on their episode, it's you yeah, know. That's exactly what it is like what Howard read. Um so but yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up because I read that I think yesterday morning and I was like, huh <laughs> Are there any news sites that you like to read from? No. No, there aren't. Really? Yeah, so I used to follow, so I, I I lean right um politically. Well I did. Now I'm like way more centrist. Um and I used to I used to follow the Drudge Report, which is is a conservative publication, but it's like a it's got kind of like a hysterical spin on it. Well, at least not like hysterical, but like blunt to the point where it's funny. Um, and, but now I don't because now everything is so polarized that I just, I don't listen. I don't read any news at all. Yeah. Okay. Ask me. Hey, Goody, Do you follow any news sites? Good question, Jake. Glad you asked. Uh, yeah, there's a few. I'll do, I find myself repeatedly on on Dio Times, Business Insider. You get to pay for New York Times. Yeah, but you get so many free. Oh, easily you refresh your cookies and then. Yeah, no. But they found <laughs> out, so I'm just. I believe it. <laughs> they would dragging out. Then you gotta reset your router. Because then you get a new IP address. Okay. Well, I might just tave and end up uh, paying for it. Because I, I think New York Times does a good job. Uh, I do. I like the writing from The Atlantic. Uh, in general, some of their stuff, yeah, is a little bit too too far left for me but i do think that they have some very talented and impressive but you do you do lean left though i do i know but even so yeah some of the stuff i it's i would say and you know i've said before like i have to remind people that i run my own business therefore i am a capitalist (laughs) like i yeah i like owning a business i think it's a fun thing to do so i would assume everybody listening to this is in some form a capitalist oh yeah i well Who knows, right? I mean, I I don't know how you would want to... Yeah. <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> Javier is probably listening just because he's your friend. I mean, he's <laughs> <anybody's> like, no. <laughs> Thanks, Javier. <laughs> how yeah. Uh, what well, we got a topic? Yeah, okay. we did. We did. I forgot it, though. Um, oh, so this has been a hot topic since, gosh, what was it? Like December? Um and the hot topic is uh where is digital marketing heading with ai and ai has always been a thing in digital marketing and not even necessarily there's there's definitely like a confusion between like ai and algorithm and like uh Google's search for instance has has mostly been i still think it is all algorithm it's there like there is no ai and so I want to I want to talk about the definition of AI first uh, because you can make an argument either way, but AI does not include if-then statements. It has its own logic and language model and understanding, whereas like an algorithm is going to be just a, a very complex series of if-then and scoring. Um, And therefore, Google Search, and and Bing for that matter, has never had AI in it. It's just been very complex algorithms. Whereas now, like Bard and ChatGPT are actual AI because it's not if-then statements. They're they're learning um, as you type. Whereas, like, Google Search algorithm can't learn. That's why you have to have people adjust it. Uh, And those are algorithm updates. If Google Search was... AI enabled, there want not be like manual updates every week. It would be updates every single day, every night. Yeah, just constantly. But they did just have that news thing about it, right? What about uh what was it called? But basically Google might have a major update to the search. Oh, Maggie Project Maggie? Yes it is. Yes. Yep. Or Maggie? I can't <laughs> It's some it's some Diablo. <laughs> sure. I saw that live, I skimmed it and I thought well, this to me just sounds like Google doing a minor panic because they weren't prepared for how successful g b t has been <laughs> <laughs> and they have to put something out there to show that they are you know. Yeah, so I said that, then I also said that uh, it's, I've made some wild claims lately I've said that I think, I think Bing is gonna, I think they're gonna pick up uh, like get up to like 15 percent search market share yeah i hope so which yeah i do too which is huge because they're at like three percent right now in the u.s at least and you know obviously google has the rest but i think they'll get up to 15 percent because of their integration of chat gpt uh, and they're pioneering ai like, like uh, conversational ai ads which is way more than uh that google is doing uh google can't figure it out for some reason because barge is just terrible uh okay well let's start about that you okay well let's let's back it up i want to say first i've been a major skeptic of all of this and a general hater on especially ai writing yeah because um, in the past jake has brought up a few examples like it oh. tested out like jasper yeah I think Jasper was the original one. It used to be called uh, Jarvis, mm-hmm. and then they probably got some kind of Disney copyright shit. So they, <laughs> <laughs> so they had to go to Jasper. Yeah. So, but you know, um, Jake's definitely an early adopter. So he he finds out a lot of the stuff before before me. He shares it with me. We test it out, and you know, up until most recently, I was always uh, a hater. Right? I'd say, look, this just isn't sufficient. It's not good enough, and then. Chat GPT happened. <laughs> I, I remember when that happened. I was like, hey, uh, you got time I gotta say something mind-blowing. And then uh it, this is in December. So like ChatGPT came out in like late November. And so I discovered it in I think early mid-December. And uh he goes, Okay. And then I didn't want to send anything to you because I knew how much you hated Jasper and and, and the other AI stuff. So I was like pretending like i was having to answer questions about or like write a blog post on like fertilization for like our clients just kind of guinea pigging it and your face where you were just like holy shit <laughs> but i remember like you we were both scared i thought it was good i was, sure. I was sure, <laughs> like because i like, just didn't think that it would ever actually get this good yeah or at least you know not in our lifetimes yeah and um which I think some you can make an argument that that's stupid because technolo- technology is advancing so so fast and so rapidly that you know we should have expected it but Chad GPT just kind of came out of nowhere I think that yeah, it feels like it and uh we were uh, I-, I showed it to you and you're like holy oh, shit like this is insane and we there was a lot of skepticism on where exactly the world was headed with it at the mm-hmm. time because when you see something like that, the, the first thing you think of is, "Is this going to replace my job?" Like, yeah. God, I hope this shows up on the recording. Uh, but um, I just turned on, me up. But uh because like we have a big selling point of rewrite our own content, but it's like if if AI can do it just as well then like that's not really a selling point yep uh, and then also the fact that it's it could write code too we're like well then what what's going on so um we there was a lot of but i remember one of my first thoughts though was the opposite i said uh but i think you were optimistic i was i was i was very optimistic about it uh i'm i'm opt- i'm less optimistic about its effectiveness lately actually um and I'm more up so but but that's okay because even if like if you take it out of our lives completely I'm still optimistic because we crush it the way we do it um if we have to use it I'm still optimistic so it, it's kind of a win-win for me um but did you want to back up further or, or keep laying groundwork because I can start going into what I think about it now um I guess I'll just say if you haven't counted by now I hate all things new uh, I'm just a grumpy old man and my initial reaction, my knee jerk for everything is I hate it until I actually have some time to think about it, play with it, test it, that sort of thing. And so that that had been my experience with AI. And then when I, yeah, I was shook. I was shook hard when chat TPT happened so much that I, you know, Jenny's working in the other room and I say, Jenny, you got to look at this. She said, "I can't right now." I go over. I briefly describe it to her. This is this is our nine eleven. Where were you when you discovered this? <laughs> and I, yeah, I told her it's good. Like it's it's really good. And she right then and there canceled the su- the subscription that they had been using for their... for Jasper. Or I'm I can not even know what they were using. <laughs> yeah. But she said she just messaged and said, "Well, if Cody believes it, then I'm sure it's good because he wouldn't say this otherwise." Because I I was the biggest hater, and then yeah, so then we went to Bard, um, which I want I want your have you been playing with? I have not. No, I've just only I've only so like my experience with it is like relatively little because i have only seen what the responses that it's giving and, and news about it, which hasn't been great. Yeah, it's not bad. It's and if if it had come out before Chad GPT, people would have been impressed. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's very good. But it's almost like Chad GBT was like 30 years in advance and Bard was like 20. Yeah. It was the largest, like... <laughs> it, it, was, it was the original vine of... Uh, of TikTok. Of bots, yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, I... Because I do Japanese stuff, too, I've been playing with... I tried playing with both, but Bard just can't touch it. If I do anything in Japanese, it's automatically done. Whereas um, I've asked it questions, Chat GPT questions in Japanese too, and it does also a great job. So it's just insane. I I never saw it coming. But yeah, anyway. Um the question at hand is where do you think we're heading with with digital marketing in particular with AI? And how do you think it will impact us and our jobs? Yeah, okay. So I've got a lot of thoughts on this because uh I I have been kind of following it and like you're always trying to justify your value. Even before AI, digital marketers are trying to justify their value. And, you know, then it kind of became like, okay, well I've got to learn more about this so I can establish more KPIs and like the, the actual drive results. But um what I think it's gonna do is it's actually going to separate the uh the bad SEOs with the good SEOs. So a lot of people think that it's actually going to um level the playing field between uh like good marketers and and bad marketers because now it's like uh good marketers who do copywriting for instance and, and maybe like that's what they do. They they do copywriting for uh Facebook ads or Google ads or whatever. Uh you know ChatGPT now produces a lot of his really good uh ideas like Lee Set uses them for ideas for Google ads. Yep. And, uh, you know they are good. They use like colloquial idioms, and they use uh our colloquial metaphors, which are idioms. Um, and then they use like you know just you you can make them quippy or jokey or whatever. Yeah, I'll take some feedback. Yeah, and and uh, and with content, like you could pop out an eight thousand word blog post in ten minutes. Just have a load and just do pro-ops and everything, but uh, I immediately, I think within a week, I ever, I messaged you and I said, this is going to separate people. It's not going to level the playing field. Like we think it. it's going to level it at first, but I, but it's, it's the disparity between a good, uh, marketer and a bad marketer who uses chat GPT for everything is going to widen because platforms, especially if you're in the SEO industry, platforms like Google are going to focus on things that AI cannot do. Um, as well as like a human and not because AI provides bad results, but because AI can't predict human behavior and uh, at least not yet. So what I think is going to happen in terms of search, because that's what we, that's what we do. So if you're not in search, this might not be as relevant for you, but um, if people can pump out thousands of pieces of content, a, a month or a week or a day, it's all going to be AI generated and re- and low quality. Like there's not going to be, uh, you know, the human touch or like the experience in it. Yeah, I was going to say because you say well, low quality. What do you mean? Because they're written well. Everything is they're really mostly- they written well in like terms of the English language, but in terms of like actual using like statistics and experience and and data and you know images inside the copy it's there isn't anything to it it's just it's just flop and if you've ever used chat gpt in terms of creating long blog posts uh you've noticed that it's it's quite verbose like it it uses a lot of words and it it sounds like a a senior in high school just trying to meet the word limit on that (laughs) on a paper. some people do that to it right like write this many words yeah yeah it's fair and uh uh i i remember like a week not even a week but like a couple of days after i told you i was like google's gonna focus on e-a-t like they're gonna they're gonna go hardcore on um expertise authoritativeness and trustworthiness which uh i have my own theories about in regards to like how they're gonna start calculating that more and i think it's gonna be a lot about who the author is and what the author has done or written for and things like that but I think Google's also going to uh, start documenting the voice and style of authors as well, and, and correlating those to the author profiles. By author profiles, I mean, like, like for me, I, I've written for Search Engine Land, Search Engine Watch, I've written for, like, Turf Magazine, and a bunch of other industry niche magazines, and I also have my own blog. On each of those, I have my own author profile. On each of those author profiles, I link to a centralized site, which is Evergreen Marketing, our agency. And I think Google's going to be able to pick up on that and recognize my writing style. Um, and like they can use AI to recognize writing style as well as just like ChatGPT, GPT. If you know, if you're in the SEO community and I say, Hey, write a response to this SEO question in the style of John Mueller from Google. It will, and it sounds just like John, like John Mueller wrote it. Yeah. And so if chat GPT can recognize the style of how someone writes, I'm sure Google can recognize the style of how an author writes. Uh, not even it's like two or three days after I said this to you, I was like, they're gonna focus on EAT. They released EEAT at the yeah. end. Like and like the timing couldn't have been perfect or more perfect. It was like, oh, not only are we gonna focus on uh, you know, the expertise, authority authoritativeness, and trustworthiness, we're also gonna focus on uh, experience. Because AI can't have experiences. Only people can, at least right now. Uh, so, there was that movie, with the the guy who dates the. Did you ever see that? He dates the AI girl. Like she's a. Was it called her? Maybe. What what movie? Who was who was who started it? I can't remember his name. Let's look it up. It sounds. It was it relatively new. It sounds very familiar. Relatively, I think so. Uh, her movie. Uh, 2000, geez, no, we're dinosaurs, 2013. Oh, so, yeah, it's like who, a. who star, isn't it? The guy's name. it is I do not know. Huh. Starring. Oh, this. I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Is it There's this guy? Oh, Joaquin Phoenix. Jo- Joaquin? Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. The guy plays Joker in the new in the new Joker movie. Wow, he's got a lot of variety. I said new Joker movie like it didn't come out in like twenty nineteen or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh but any, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I was not helpful for it. No, no, no. I, okay, no, I do remember that, but I didn't know it was that old. That's ten years old. That's a decade old. Yeah. Cow. Yeah. Okay. Um, but. Sorry, it's going to focus on experience, and uh, people are going to have to, like, edit it. I mean, you could use... Uh, so I was like, okay, it's it, you can't just pop out content. You still have to edit it. You still have to put a human touch. Yes, you can use it for ideas and examples, but you, we still have to actually edit it. Um, on top of that, uh, Google has also taken away a lot of other things, uh, like... Uh, page experience is going away and uh, search console and they're focusing on core web vitals now and that's a lot of technical SEO that you have to do and it's not something that fully integrates with AI yet and, but it, but technical SEO in itself, dude I'm going off right now because this is like my thing uh, technical SEO is not something that a lot of, like, the fake SEO people out there are really not involved with. Like, just You say redirect map, and all of a sudden people shut up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you say, yeah, redirect map. <laughs> start throwing out codes. You, like, yeah, you, you you could even say, like, in terms of technical SEO, you could even, instead of saying, like, like, website page, if you say subdirectory, like, the brain falls out. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. But... Yeah. And, and uh... but, like, like seos who only focus on content seo yeah your job's in jeopardy because you're not looking uh, on how to be a better seo and learn the technical side of things and i've learned recently apparently knowing your h1s h2s and page titles is technical seo no who said that uh literally everything i've been read like not things that i've been reading but like groups uh that i've been areas so like so people are like drawing the line between content SEO and technical SEO at like meta tags. That's really no, that's bad. Like if, even if you are just a, I'm, yeah, I'll say. It. Here's my take on content writing and content SEO. It's the same as rot. The problem is that everybody can do it, and that drives down the value, right? And yeah. Everybody, everybody can do it. Yeah. Like, wait, and everybody can do it even more. <laughs> so now the AI is. Yeah, you, you know, and but generative models are yeah if you want to be exceptionally good then you'll you know if you want to get in the .0001% to make the very good money and spend the years you know developing that skill um, you know prepare for that life because you know I was an English major for a semester and thought nope not that not anymore that's a lot of work for <laughs> yeah. not much money <laughs> I with this topic it also gets like beat to death A lot like, you know, where is AI edited in the SEO industry? And like, what's it going to be called? Is it going to be called AIO instead of SEO? Um, Or is it going to be called, you know, whatever? And are you optimizing for AI? And uh, no, it's going to be SEO. (laughs) People are going to keep searching the way they do. And I really do think it's just going to widen the gap between, uh, you know, someone who's workless versus like a good SEO uh, because you're going to need to put your human touch on things. But this is only one side of it, though, too. This is only the organic side. I mean, we haven't even mentioned ads and automated bidding strategies, you know, automatic bidding models on multiple bidding platforms. Because right now, Google is pushing their Kool-Aid hard of everybody should be on automated bidding and And performance max, which is an AI. It's an AI driven uh, ad. Yep. Format. Uh, which we blow out of the water with our manual (laughs) placements and manual uh, ads. So, uh, will it beat us sometime? Uh, Maybe, eventually. Yeah, I mean, I would expect, but I think what it comes down to, Ben, is it's the same as anything else. Your job
1: is no longer to do it, or even necessarily know how to do it in that
0: moment. It's to facilitate it and be willing to seek it out. Uh And that's where you keep the job. I've always said this, and I'm like it's never your job to know all the answers. It's your job to find the answers, rather. Right. And eventually, you you know, mine and Cody's job might not be so much focused on ads, I and mean, when everything's AI driven, our job is just focused on providing leads. And when you think in that mindset, you will experience pivots. But also, don't get scared when things like this come out. Like I know a lot of graphic designers are scared right now with with Dolly and other AI uh, art pieces of artwork. In fact, uh uh Adobe <laughs> Adobe Stock, I got an ad of Adobe Stock images. And they showed uh on the left they showed her an AI generated image of a woman eating a salad, and on the right, a stock image of a woman eating a salad. And this and the AI generated one she looked demonic. Like <laughs> like it was like scary. And uh like they're like, Yeah, use our our work uh, there are, like, nothing beats AI, you know, stock photos. Like, you know, even AI has trouble with it. And and one, it, it, to me, it's just sad. It's sad that Adobe feels like they have to compete with AI uh, uh, and and not just express their value instead of, like, you know, trying to belittle the competition. Uh, the, the, the idea that the second you even bring up your competition that you're basically punching down. Yeah, yeah. And... The other the other part is sad that's sad too is like yeah, you use one bad example of AI artwork and then you use compared it to yours. Dude, could think uh Kajabi did this to Kartra where like Kajabi posted it like like here's the differences between Kajabi and Kartra and like Kajabi posted it. It's Like what what do you think the article's gonna say? It's gonna say everything bad about Kartra. Um and uh, so I I but, in terms of graphic artists like i don't it's not going to replace graphic artists because you can't get AI to make one little adjustment and you can't like point to something and show what you want it to do, whereas a graphic artist can and yeah AI is going to get to a point that's like probably closer, but who's to say that a graphic artist isn't going to use AI to the scale uh, themselves? I would imagine the people that are more concerned arts the creators the creatives the artists it's going to be the math men right like uh, there was Ooh. an article i read a while back about how you know math men have replaced ad men and the idea being originally you know in the 60s ads oh. were yeah like like you're talking about like uh what's that show uh mad men right, right. yeah i feel like he really not non-native English speakers like admin, mathmen, madmen. Yeah. So concept being that once everything moved to digital, it no longer became about creative. It became about math and algorithms and optimizing things in that way. And that's why we have calculators, right? So if if that's why people if that's how they think and how they approach the business yeah, I would get why you would be scared if that's your kind of forte. But if, if creativity and
1: angles and approaches and kind of those those advanced things that usually
0: you have to read books if you want to get to uh, eventually know and appreciate them well, those I think are, are going to be the safe spots um, as opposed to, you know, the, the things that, like, it's effectively a calculator. If it can do exactly what you need to do, then... You're you're out of luck, but I think it's going to have a hard time replacing, you know, that personal touch that is needed in very unique instances and situations. Of how do I approach this market? What's the right message for them? It, it feels like we're like the way you're describing this. Like we're we're like reversing. Like yeah, it went from the creative to the math man, and then it's going to go from the math man to the creative because the job of the math man is going to be taken over. Yeah, uh, that's how I feel about AI. Yeah, uh, and the that day it's like fine. Like you're still in, you're still an agency. Like pivot. Uh, you might have to hire talent that you're not used to. Maybe like I, Cody and I are not creatives. Like if it, if the industry were to flip right now and all of a sudden AI like took our jobs, uh, will we be hiring a creative real fast? Because uh, we're not that. Just, I enjoy doing it, but my problem is I can't do it in a cost-effective way. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I'm super slow. Like it's fun, but that's that's the thing, right? Is if it's fun, then uh, maybe don't necessarily do it as a job because you'll start to hate. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know. I I don't think. I, I I really don't think like you and I are gonna be affected by AI. I think the people that are really gonna be affected by AI in the agency space are people who already outsource their work. And if you oh yeah yeah I mean if you outsource your work already to like the Philippines or like to someone on Fiverr yeah you should be worried you're you're already running a thin business just, <laughs> you're adding you're
1: shaving off even more I mean this is business while one is on the
0: on as much of the means of production as possible to stabilize things and the more you take away from that and the less you have the more volatility you have and you end up being the E-commerce bro, you know, with a five percent margin, drop shipping, Amazon FBA, whatever. Right? I, I, this is a hot topic for me because I absolutely hate this. Because the reason why most agencies fail is because you guys are lazy. Like, I, I I've been doing a lot of this recently. Who so of like, I'm in this group on Facebook called, called SMMa Agency, and really, it's just a bunch of people. Like, it's like half. People, like, in India and Pakistan, like, looking for, uh, like, setters and closers and stuff like that. And then half people actually asking genuine questions because they didn't get the information that they needed. Of course they took. They're asking for what? What is it? Setters and closers. Why are they asking for it? Because I'll tell you why. Because... This is the world I don't know. Okay, so there's been some, uh, some people saying... Like, hey, I just started an agency looking for people to cold call and close deals. You get 10% commission on whatever. Oh, they're looking for salespeople? Yeah, that's what a setter or They're looking for people to set appointments, basically. Huh. So they're just, okay, they're hiring a salesperson. Yeah, but it, when you call them a setter and a closer, you're implying that they're only being bid on commission and not a wage on top of a commission, which is how salespeople are typically employed. So when you're looking in... Okay, let me t- let me back up. Let me tell you kind of what the fake gurus preach. What they preach is that you don't have to actually know anything about owning an agency or executing the work. What you do is you, you get uh, people to outsource the work to. And then you create a service that people want to pay for. So like social media marketing. Hence SMA, social media marketing agency. And then you also pay people on commission base. For the uh, for the actual appointments and the leads, so you're paying people for the leads and to close, and then you pay people to execute it, and then you're a professional facilitator. Yeah, yeah. And then you 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 sit on a, a theoretical beach sipping cocktails, which doesn't actually happen. Um, what happened? I just what what happens is nobody buys into you, and your setters and closers don't actually close anything because they have no risk. They just, you know, you don't have to close anything and your prices are too high you have no brand identity no one's going to come to you because no one's talking to the owner uh, and then on the top of that the services that are being executed you've you got to pay the contractor for that which is someone you found off of Fiverr or someone in the Middle East and the su- services they offer are just awful uh, I swear some of these guys only do it because
1: they like being sketchy and I, I truly believe that because <laughs> when
0: I hear how elaborate some of these plans are, and I think of what if you just went legit, but but when you have when you take a course and you spend a few grand to take a course or mastermind like in our last episodes, and they tell you how to do it, it's not complicated. It's really easy in, in theory to just follow the instructions, and then boom, you're a multimillionaire. Except you're not. Like that's not the reality of things, but. Okay, so back to my group my the group here. So people are like, I'm just starting an, an agency, I'm looking for people to get me leads and close sales and, and cold call. And like these they say cold call. Every time I see one of those, I come and just say, Why don't you do it? <laughs> <laughs> what it's like you're just starting an agency. What are you busy? <laughs> yeah, this sounds like this it just sounds uh, another person said, I'm just starting an agency looking for people to execute the media buying. I'm like, why don't you do it? Like, why are you starting an agency if you can't even do the work? As some people just have this... I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know what it is. I just find it very strange to go start a business that you aren't... Well, they know. don't know how to do. This stuff just gets me pissed. I get so, so mad people, people are like, I'm like, starting an agency. C- but, but then like, they, they don't, don't. They're basically, basically just, just like... like uh, like, our, it's, it's just arbitrage, right? right? Like, they, they just, they, they sell, sell the service for a higher price, price but they, they, they buy it from not only closers, closers but also... It um, is a lazy thing.
1: It's, it's, you're you're already doing one of the easiest businesses you can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is already, I mean, no offense, right? But if we're, sure, if, if, yeah. if we're just talking about the logistics of a business and complicated businesses and simple businesses, this is a very entry-level business. It's very entry-level friendly. It has, you know, a limited upside. You, you can scale it very big. There's, if you love it, you know, there's all sorts of opportunity and stuff. But as far as complexities go, this is not a hard thing to do yourself. No, no. It's, I mean, I'm, Cody and I, I did it, and we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, it, and I, I do, I've told, I've told people, people before, too, I think it's a, I think I think it's a, a good test to find out for yourself if you're cut out for this and, to, and if you're the kind of person who should go do it. Because if you try this and you find out that this, this stuff is hard, I, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't, wouldn't be an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur. I just I'd just go be a tier player on somebody's team, make very good money, and you know work
0: your way up there. But it's... We need we to have girls on sometime and ask them what it's like to date an entrepreneur because I bet they'll say nothing good. <laughs> And and then <laughs> And then we can communicate that because I, I also feel like a lot of people try to take the entrepreneur route. This turned into a different episode. But I also feel like people take the entrepreneur route to like set themselves apart and like be recognized and be seen. But honestly, like if anything, you're just seen as a joke. Um, until you start making serious money and then start like showing people like this is real, because no one is gonna take you seriously until you start doing that. And and the more you try to like convince people that it's going to be big the more of a joke you look like and I just I always am a big proponent of like growing in silence don't say anything just like you know um uh, I don't know any I can't think of any entrepreneurs I like that call themselves entrepreneurs in like a very serious way I don't tell people I own a business I actually just say like people say what do you do I say I'm in marketing I didn't start changing like how I present myself in some business situations until I realized we had one, we were doing an interview and we were, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we were interviewing a potential uh, team member and
1: it was, it was obvious to me that they didn't realize I was a co-owner 50% (laughs) of the company until I think they just thought I was hyper aggressive. (laughs) So from that, that, you know, that point forward, I, I started making
0: it more clear to people that, um, yeah, no, it, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a 50, 50 guy. I'm you know, I'm the other half. Um, but it's, it's funny because like when we get on other calls with, uh, like Dylan, uh, I was it great, great Fox. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it, it, to me, it feels like we were talking to somebody else too, but like, there's some situations where like I join, I'm like, do they even know I'm like the CEO? <laughs> The thing that I can't remember is so, I'm like, we were just on. I was just listening. It was, a, it was primarily you call, and I was just on. And you were the one that was, like, grilling. I was listening, and I'm like, they're probably like, who the hell is this guy? It goes both ways, though, because depending on the topic, though, I do the same thing where I just show up, and I kind of look around. <laughs> like, ah, kick talk, guys. I said nothing here. <laughs> Happy to help. Uh, that was a good, that was a good, uh, that was a good derailment, uh, we're on Uh, we're on a but uh, but i mean the sentiment is still um very similar is like if you rely on ai to do your business that's the same thing as relying on other people to do your business for you and it's just a lazy way out and someone who's contracting work and also hiring setters and closers will never be better than me and Cody. like i i this sounds very like self-righteous and just kind of i don't know narcissistic but like it's true like and i believe that's my core which makes us i think better um and and by default all of our work is in-house we control the quality and and uh we i can guarantee you we have way higher margins than you if you're doing that uh so don't buy into the don't buy into the contractors don't buy into the just do ai uh for everything like actually learn some of the things that you can apply ai too like we use AI, we use ChatGPT gpt in our in our uh in our business but we don't rely on that like i like eva she used ChatGPT to write some stuff for a client's website but there's very strict rules about not using that alone like you you can use it for ideas it's not just copy and paste yeah but you have to edit it and put your own touch on it and i can tell that she does because there are certain, like, every time I do like a check of the sites, I see like blends of words that, like, I'm like, that is weird. Does not belong there? I'm like, if you were using Grammarly, you would have caught that. <laughs> but, uh, but I can tell, like, I, like, the last site I looked at, I couldn't even tell it was Chad And usually I can just read something and just go, this looks like Chad mm. Um, yeah, the, the, it's kind of flow kind of. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. I've been caught to put that on uh, Facebook groups. Because like someone like I don't know why it's a thing, but like, people would be like, "What is digital marketing?" Digital marketing is, and like they start like this, and like a digital marketing group, like, "What the hell are you doing?" But it reads very much like ChatGPT. And I just go, "This sounds like it was written by ChatGPT," and and yeah. he has tons of reactions. But uh, she uses it for you know writing content, and getting ideas, and then Lisette uses it for like getting ideas for different headlines for mm-hmm. for ads, uh, but. No one, none of them use a word for word, what it outputs. So, but it allows us to work more efficiently. It doesn't necessarily allow, you know, replace jobs. I guess you can make an argument that it replaces the need for to hire more people. If more people can get more, or less if we can get more done in the short amount of time. Well, that's the thing I think people
1: are afraid of is people who are beyond our position in much bigger teams is if,
0: you know, if this happens to that, and now they're able to do this much more efficiently. And now their team is severely bloated because they previously had this, and now it's just seen as bad that needs trend. Um But that's that's also life. I mean, right? Get good. That's <laughs> get good stuff. We should just call this episode "Get Good," but a spell it "Good." i D. Yeah, I'm a big believer in it. be so good they can't ignore you, right? Uh, I I took a lot of, or I guess I can't say a lot. I took some strange career changes early on. The biggest one being I went from SEO over to PPC when there was a management position available to me if I wanted to do that instead. And I just looked out five years in advance and I was like, I don't want to be a, just a manager. I want to know how to do all of this. So I switched teams and, and started learning the whole entire thing. So I I think... That's what people want to see, right, is the, the T-shaped marketer. The I have a baseline understanding of everything across the board, and I have, a, you know, especially good expertise in this one particular field. And I think if you do that, uh, you're, you're going to do very well. I've never heard the T-shaped marketer before, and I am in love with it now. Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Andy. Uh, I will sell for an uh, uh, n shape marketer. N? specializing in two ah <laughs> uh, okay yeah yeah then you specialize in two what's the middle do what no that's a capital n i was thinking a lowercase n oh okay okay. But, uh, yeah uh i like to do two like like seo and and google our facebook would be probably my two um but uh because ppc but i also feel like PPC in general also is is getting more and more automated. It is, yeah. And it's kind of like Google Business Profiles. Like before, like there was a huge demand for like just GBP optimizations or back then GMB optimizations. Uh, But now, like Google has taken away so many of the levers to to be able to optimize a Google Business Profile. It's basically like how many reviews are you getting, and then also where are you located, and like that's it. Obviously, there's a little bit there's, there's more, but. Those are the, the 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 primary factors, and it's um, it's causing a lot of issues with SEOs who relied on things from like 10 years ago. And they're doing the thing with ads. They're taking more away in terms of the knobs you can change. So from my and Cody's perspective, we're actually not scared of AI. Well, what, If anything, we're, what we're afraid of is Google just not liking agencies, which is dumb. And giving tools to business owners to just automate everything through through AI and just take their money, but at the same time, Google doesn't recommend recommend good things to us. They recommend <laughs> things to <laughs> us, like to optimize the campaigns that we're running for clients that were actually performing worse because it gives them more money. And uh, just by us recognizing that and not totally drinking their Kool Aid, we pr- we pr- we can provide better results to business owners using their own AI recommendations than business owners can if they do it themselves. Yeah, Google is in a unique position, I think, and I I don't think other uh, ad platforms are quite here yet, just because of Google's dominance, and most people know it's kind of the first place to go, but when I think of their AI and them saying that it's good, I think maybe if you compare it to the general populace and everybody out there who's using google ads maybe it is maybe it is better than the average because of the things that other people are doing and how they're not um and then maybe the people who are at good agencies or you know the the people who actually know what they're doing are just the true exceptions i'm i'm not opposed to the day that uh you know they're all of it. Their bidding strategies, their automated campaign setup, whatever. If they can beat us, okay, cool. I, like,
1: fine. It sounds easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll pivot
0: and we'll see that and we'll say, okay, well, we need to figure out where to go next now. How else can we make this attractive to our clients? And, and to be fair, like, we're, all, we're always thinking about where do we go next, even before we have to pivot, just because... There's always room to grow and room to improve. Like, um, and maybe like, I, I imagine we get to a point where we're dominating every digital medium in our niche that is relevant. To where we go, okay, well, do we do print media now? It depends. I mean, it never really ends. You're at the end of the, at your core. You're a marketing agency. It just depends on what you decide to specialize in at a, any given moment. And every marketing agency pivots from doing one service to doing multiple. When we first started, we offer packages. Uh, like tiered packages uh, Well, I did I have not boutique stuff The Cody joint we pivoted and we just did productize one thing SCLPBC I guess that's two but one thing and then after that we're like okay we gotta add in upsells it's because people are asking so we added in Facebook which we still don't really do but <laughs> we have it <laughs> well and we we kind of did some preemptive planning with that too we created these packages knowing what we're going to build and grow into and um, so it, some of it is just to let clients know these are, these are high our to-do's, but uh, also if you're happy with what you have going on too, then yeah, a lot of other people are also coming for it. So <laughs> there's a balance to growing in that way and then growing uh, in additional services too. But, yeah. I imagine if we had higher market share overall, and then it was harder for us to acquire new clients than spending more time on upsells makes more yeah. is make sense. But that's not the case. I yeah, you know, right? I think when we offered Facebook, that was more of a preventative measure of of having clients leave us because there were certain clients who aren't with us <laughs> who wanted any more about how it goes. I know, who wanted Facebook ads but were like, Well, we don't really offer it, we can offer it as a test, and they left, but they left for other reasons. And and now it's like, well, we don't have clients asking for Facebook ads because they can't even max out their Google ad budget, which has the highest ROI. Uh, and so we're just accumulating clients the way been doing things and scaling like crazy. Like, I mean, we, I think I mentioned this before, we closed out last year at 243,000 in revenue and we're projected to hit half a million this year already. So uh, we haven't needed to expand our services at all or like really pivot. If anything, we just double down. But yeah, yeah. So yeah. where is it? where is uh, digital marketing heading with AI? Uh, if I don't know how to summarize that, app there isn't no a summary that you can. Could... nowhere is scary unless you suck. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I feel like that's a bad way to end. No, yeah, yeah. Don't be scared. Yeah. I I mean no, okay no I get it. it's just it was a little too punchy for me. Be scared if if uh, if you should be scared if you're outsourcing everything. Be scared. Yeah. Also, yeah. Take a long shower and think about your business.
1: If, <laughs> if you know if that's how thin of a business you're running
0: because that if, that I wouldn't sleep at night. Personally, you didn't sleep at night when you first heard about it. Yeah, I remember like you were up and you're like, "I'm." I, but that—that's implying that like we're <laughs> we're saying that we we were like scared of. Uh, it was more of like brand new and we were not seeing where this was going exactly. But it, it is scary to think about how your business is just going to fundamentally shift, whether it's for the worse or for the better. Yeah. Well, I think the for us and for a lot of agencies depending on you have to balance she's not even nodded explain some of these concepts <laughs> like you have to
1: balance doubling down where you're seeing success with diversifying for the sake of stability of the business right mm-hmm. it is smart to double down and make more money when you're when you see something working and and you know it's relatively easy for you and you can scale it quickly That's great. Um, It is a problem when, say, you're an e commerce store, you start seeing success on Amazon,
0: you start focusing on Amazon, all of a sudden, 90% of your sales are on Amazon, they increase their fees, and you're no longer profit positive or something. Yeah, like putting all your eggs in one basket. Right. You have to make strategic decisions in that regard and just weigh the two, and it kind of comes down to your risk tolerance, how risky you want to be the kind of business that you want to build too uh, I think there's sometimes I see some of the questions that we get into and I just don't know how to answer it because I don't because you don't agree with us
1: I, I just don't under, I don't know their philosoph. you know philosophical thinking like I can give
0: very simple direct straight business answers but a lot of times things come back to you what kind of business do you ru- want to run how do you want to live and you know if yeah, if you don't care, then I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, like if you want to be an influencer, then sell courses, I guess. Yeah, if you want, just don't message me if you want to be an influencer. Honestly, I I don't have. I mean, I'll tell you if you want to be an influencer. I mean, you got a lot of work ahead of you, and I'm, I'll point you in the right direction. I want to be an influencer. I want to dis I just want to like, axe out vanguard and disappearing the- here's here's the thing about it though is like i i i fully support of wanting to be an influencer but you have to be an influencer with merit you cannot be an influencer that just like regurgitates shit that you hear from other quote influencers uh you should be an influencer like uh like Matt diggity or like barry schwartz or like like in the seo community like someone who knows what they're talking about and not just like a fake influencer that uh, pretends to know what they're talking about. Yeah, I think my biggest... the sun not my biggest beef. One of my big beefs. So I really like Bo Burnham a lot. Not like Um you. and Is he still relevant? Is he still thin? Well, that's that's why I love him, is he will go years without doing any major... Uh, cre- yeah. Any sort of major creation. And then, you know, he comes out with... What was his... What was the name of this last Netflix special? No, I don't even remember. Hey, it was awesome. So it was great. I loved I love
1: seeing that. And I think people who want to be influencers,
0: the issue with it to me, and what I will struggle with is the the important things don't happen every single day in a way that's exciting
1: to report. You when you do very cool things, they take a long time. And
0: then Talking about them is great, hate. Um, but, you know, when I was penning down, you know, ADK of student loan debt. it wasn't cool. But when you did it five years later, and you said you did it, everyone's like,
1: wow, that's really cool. Well, yeah, it's cool after the fact.
0: <laughs> Can't that But it's not... Nobody wants
1: to see, you know, I keep being on TikTok saying, yeah, I'm working today. I'm not bad at money. And not put it towards the dead, then so... the the coolest things take time and I like the
0: influencers who take that time and there's I mean in some ways Eminem is another he'll just drop an album out of (laughs) there's no which which has you said People have said you look like Eminem. I don't think I got what? Yeah, well, yeah, well um, I think anyone. Well, no, okay. So the, in Colombia, they said like someone randomly called you Eminem, but it's funny because Lauren has always said you look like M&M. <laughs> you even look like Eminem in your Everbros emoji or not emoji? Uh-huh. Your Everbros uh, character or whatever. What is it called? Uh, caricature uh, I got. I. Uh, dude why can't i think of words today have uh, okay you're uh yeah whatever um whatever that's a good that's a better place to end that's good yeah all right everybody thanks for listening see ya